Listen to God's Word for December 20th. Today's reading is Hebrews 1 through 6. May God bless this reading of His Word. Hebrews 1 On many past occasions and in many different ways, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His nature, upholding all things by His powerful word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. So he became as far superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is excellent beyond theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father? Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, When God brings His firstborn into the world, He says, Let all God's angels worship Him. Now about the angels, He says, He makes His angels winds, His servants flames of fire. But about the Son, He says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever, and justice is the scepter of Your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you above your companions with the oil of joy. And in the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. Yet to which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not the angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews 2 We must pay closer attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every transgression and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard Him, and was affirmed by God through signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to His will. For it is not to angels that He has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But somewhere it is testified in these words, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels, You crowned him with glory and honor, and placed everything under his feet. When God subjected all things to him, he left nothing outside of his control. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, 
who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting for God, for whom and through whom all things exist, to make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will sing your praises in the assembly. And again, I will put my trust in him. And once again, here am I and the children God has given me. Now since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not the angels he helps, but the descendants of Abraham. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, in order to make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews 3 Therefore, holy brothers, who share in the heavenly calling, set your focus on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of greater glory than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. And every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Now Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be spoken later. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope of which we boast. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion, in the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested and tried me, and for forty years saw my works. Therefore I was angry with that generation, and I said, Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I swore on oath in my anger, They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a wicked heart of unbelief that turns away from the living God. But exhort one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the assurance we had at first. As it has been said, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. For who were the ones who heard and rebelled? 
Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was God angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would never enter his rest? Was it not to those who disobeyed? So we see that it was because of their unbelief that they were unable to enter. Hebrews 4 Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be deemed to have fallen short of it. For we also received the good news just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, since they did not share the faith of those who comprehended it. Now we who have believed enter that rest. As for the others, it is just as God has said. So I swore on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the foundation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this manner. And on the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again, as he says in the passage above, they shall never enter my rest. Since then it remains for some to enter his rest, and since those who formerly heard the good news did not enter because of their disobedience, God again designated a certain day as today, when a long time later he spoke through David as was just stated. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it pierces even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 5 Every high priest is appointed from among men to represent them in matters relating to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and misguided since he himself is beset by weakness. That is why he is obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. 
No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But he was called by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And in another passage, God says, You are a priest forever, in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' earthly life, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, and was designated by God as high priest in the order of Melchizedek. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain, because you are dull of hearing. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to reteach you the basic principles of God's Word. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is still an infant, inexperienced in the message of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained their senses to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews 6 Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permits. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and then have fallen away, to be restored to repentance, because they themselves are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to open shame. For land that drinks in the rain often falling on it and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is tended receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and its curse is imminent. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, beloved, we are convinced of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown for His name as you have ministered to the saints and continue to do so. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Then you will not be sluggish, but will imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. When God made His promise to Abraham, since He had no one greater to swear by, He swore by Himself, saying, I will surely bless you and multiply your descendants. And so Abraham, after waiting patiently, obtained the promise. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, 
and their oath serves as a confirmation to end all argument. So when God wanted to make the unchanging nature of His purpose very clear to the heirs of the promise, He guaranteed it with an oath. Thus, by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be strongly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where Jesus, our forerunner, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Thanks for listening, and join us tomorrow as we listen to God's Word. Questions or comments? Email us at info at org.